We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast. I'm Norman Riley, and I'm here in London. Andy's in Newcastle. We're going to talk about last night's uh, unfortunate 1-0 loss at home to Everton. Um, and obviously we'll talk a little bit about the takeover as well. Um, so, I, Andy, that's what we'll get straight into. Actually, the takeover, um, yesterday it really kind of started on on positive news. Um, all, the, all the kind of national and regional media outlets saying that the, the deal was almost done. Um, if the most of them saying that it wouldn't it wouldn't actually happen until February. But uh, this, this um, caveat that Ashley was going to invest some money during the window and then then be given it back when when the takeover happened, which sounded a little bit odd to me. But um, you know what? What do I know about um, you know heavy levels of finance like that? Um, and then this morning you, you you wake up and there's a couple of a uh, couple of headlines saying that the the deal there might might be a sticking point because the the PCP or taking over are kind of worried about us um, being in a relegation battle. But so uh, let's just let's just see it's going to happen. Let's just say that um, Rafa's going to get this 30, 30 million. Um, the first question I'm going to have to ask you is, thirty million isn't much. Um, it sounds like a lot, but it's not much in pre-season and it's not much during the, especially during the January transfer window. If we have two or three positions that are that are urgent, um, what do you think Rafa um, should be looking at or will be looking at? Well, we urgently need a striker, urgently, and a number ten. Um, Hosselu, Gale. I know Gale's scored a couple recently, but and uh, Mitrovic just just aren't up to it. Right? Not one of them's good enough to be playing in the Premier League, and they're not going to score us the goals to get us out via um, a relegation battle. And then we need number ten because we need some more service to the striker that we get because we just haven't been getting chances to our strikers uh, for the last few games. And so yeah, the two two I would go for. We need ten and a ten and a striker. Yeah, sound. So if, I mean, for me, I think um, I think Gale, the the last few games that I've seen him, in anyways, in the flesh, he's looked um, he's looked apart. Um, I, I think he, he can score goals at this level, and his record at Palace isn't too bad. But I mean, you're right on the other on the other two. We need we need, we do need another striker, and we do need number ten. I mean, obviously, thirty million. As I say, it's not it's not a particularly large amount of money. I think that um, I think Rafa is going to have to utilize the the loan market um, and maybe get one or two in on loan um, and another position I think you know we 
we're going to need to invest, I would say, is in the centre centre of the pitch, centre midfield, because obviously um, Shelby last night uh, being sent off, we'll go into that a little bit later on, but Shelby last night being sent off is going to, I think it's going to have an impact and it's obviously going to affect on the on the trust levels that Rafa has for him. Um, it's a t- it's a tough one. Um, you know, ideally, ideally, what you want is sixty million to be able to go out and get three or four players to really improve the squad. Um, and you know, the argument is that if if the money being given to him in pre season, then we would have had those three or four players on board already. We mightn't be in this in this position that we are, um, kind of making do with with what we have. Uh, I mean, in terms of takeover itself, I, there, there was kind of whispers yesterday that the that. It, that the, the the run of defeats might have actually sped up the sale, and now we've got these rumours that um, that it might be kind of making them a little bit more hesitant. Um, what what are what are your thoughts overall? I mean, are you are you feeling pretty positive about the takeover? Or are you just um, kind of ambivalent? So yeah, I'm, I'm positive about it. If the rumours are true about how much money they're planning on ploughing into the club. I mean, it was reported back in October, I think, wasn't it, that they're they're talking about doing something similar to what happened at Man City. So. If that's if that's the outcome, then obviously, obviously this is absolutely fantastic news. Having said that, nobody seems to actually know for definite anything about PCP. Like, what what do they want out of uh, Newcastle? Like, I don't think we'll know that until the takeover goes over and Amanda Stavely or whoever it is comes out and says, you know, this is what our plan is for Newcastle. This is what our vision is for Newcastle. Yeah. And so, for all we know, they could just be as bad as Ashley and just want to make make some money out of it keep it ticking along keep it in the Premier League yeah it's, I mean it's, it's, it's interesting it's interesting that um, we're obviously also like, desperate to get rid of uh, you know the, the poison that is Mike Ashley that um, we're all just kind of desperate for this takeover to happen uh, without really knowing um, knowing like, the, the facts about, about Staveley um, I mean I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive about it due to the fact that you know it, it, there are kind of rumours going around that Rafa's been heavily influential in, in setting up the deal. So if that's the case, if he if he trusts him, then I suppose we we can put our, our trust in him and um, and hope that's that's the that's the case. Um, I mean, I think I think the takeover is is required because what it'll do is I think it'll give a massive boost to to the squad, to the staff, and and to the fans. Um, Obviously, I wasn't there last night, so I don't know what what the atmosphere was like, kind of pre kickoff, and and obviously up until Everton scored, was it was there a positive vibe going around the ground? Was it was it quiet? How, how did you how did you interpret it last night? So it was it was positive, but then it's always reasonably positive in the corner at the start with. Um, yeah, it was it was, it was it was I would say it was positive. It wasn't particularly loud last night. Uh, the crowd, well, the crowd turned as soon as they scored. It was just like back to typical viciousness from some sections of the support, just getting on their backs straight away. Um, just, there was a bit more optimism around the place. I have to say, when we, when we got there, you could tell people were more like optimistic, possibly about Newcastle's future. But as soon as Evans scored, as I say, it was just just the whole crowd turned. People getting on, people getting on the players' backs. I mean. Diame was was useless last night, but he came in for a lot a lot of stick. People were cheering when he came off the pitch. Um, uh, yeah, people were cheering. People were cheering when he came off the pitch. I mean, that, that's um, regard regardless of how, of how he played. That's uh, that, that's a little bit. It leaves a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth. Um, I mean, there's not. It, it's a bit difficult to really say much more on the, on the takeover because the, there are so many conflicting reports at the moment, um, and I think we're all just kind of sat here like. 
living living in hope a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you know things would have changed in the, in the next 24 hours, and we'll see we'll see we'll see where it's at. Um, so we may as well, we may as well move on onto the uh, performance last night. Um, I mean, by all accounts, we we started really brightly. Obviously, um, you had uh, Richie hitting the post, um, and it looked like we we were on top, and then they were kind of sitting back. Um, how did you how did you see see the sort of first 20 minutes of the game? Were we were we as in control as as it seemed? Yeah, we, we started well. Um, you know, we, we went for it. I mean, Richie's had a shot that's at the bar. Marino's had a shot that's at the bar. But we we don't do a lot with the possession we have the majority of the time. So there was three or four occasions we'd get them right back onto the edge of their box with 11 men behind the ball and we'd just pass it back or like we'd pass it round the pitch to the other flank and then just give the ball away. We weren't like getting crosses in, trying to create chances. We were just keeping the ball in their half, moving it around, but not doing anything with it. So that was that was frustrating. Uh, I mean, once they, they were set up really, really well. Like you could see the formation they were in at all stages through the game. Um, got credit Allardyce as much as I hate to do it for getting them so well organised in such a short period of time because they they were in absolute shambles weeks ago. Um, and they defended. They defended well. I mean, they had two young kids playing at, at, at the back. I mean, Tyler Browning and John Joe Kenny, who were both pretty good. Um, and we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get at Browning. And I think it was Browning. And, it was Holgate, and, wasn't it? I think it was Mason Holgate. So Holgate is it? Mason Mason Holgate. I think. That, Hol- I think Browning's on loan at Sunderland, isn't he? Is he? Oh, unfortunate bastard. I <laughs> um, we just didn't get at them enough. The two inexperienced defenders on the pitch, and we were just sort of get, running towards them and then turning back and passing it back to the halfway line. And it was just like, have a go at them. We should, like, I thought, I thought for a long time we need to start Orlando Aaron's because he, he, you know, he's going to run at fullbacks. You know, he's going to try something. Whereas Richie and Atsu, it was just a bit like, come on, one of you, just have a run at him. Like pretend you're in the schoolyard. I think someone shouted last night. Just try and take him on. Try and beat your man. And we just. We never tried to do it. That was frustrating, and uh, I mean, every time I said before, he got cheered when he came off the pitch, and it, that was too far. But literally every time Diarmi got the ball, it was like uh, kick the ball out of play, uh, give the ball away. It was a bit like watching. Do you remember Emmanuel Abue for Arsenal came on as a substitute against like, West Ham or something? He was on the pitch for about fifteen minutes, just kept kicking the ball out of play, kept like, passing the ball to the opposition. That was the army's performance last night. It was just like I, I'll have to. I, I mean, it's it's a tough one with the army. I mean, I hate I hate any player being um, booed just because they're, they're not they're not performing particularly well. Um, if if they're being lazy and not putting any effort in, then you know that that's a maybe a different matter. But um, I think um, with the army, he's he's in and out the side sporadically. He's been kind of played in centre midfield. He's been playing the number ten role. Um, I think if. You know, if the money had been there in the summer, I think probably Diomi would have been shifted on more than likely to another another championship side. Um, I was I was veering between you know um, possibly the world's most depressed looking stream last night and um, an online report and the radio. And the the impression I picked up was is that he's you know you could say this about a few players, but his, his confidence was just it's like the lack of confidence was was visible. Um, I don't know if that's what you picked up on. I mean, I'm talking like head down just. Almost fearful when the ball was played into him. Yeah, there's a lot of the, lot of the players look like that. 
So I was when I saw he was playing and he was playing at number ten and we're playing Gale. I was like, well, finally we've gone back to what yeah. worked in the championship for us. I think this must be the first time that he started Diame and Gale in the positions that they played for us last season. So I was like, well, this could work. But as you say, he was just he was just no confidence, and there was just I think a lot of players. It's like we don't have any. It doesn't seem like we've got any leaders either that are like grabbing people and like pepping them up. Um, you could tell the players looked visibly frustrated with Diarmé at times because I mean he was stretching for balls and just like as I say kicking the ball out of play into the opposition. It was just it was grim to watch. And I think if there is investment in in January, I think he's he's probably at the end of his Newcastle career now. I think he's he's, he's got to go. I don't see any way back from him. In the, the eyes of the fans, he's he's turned into a bit of a scapegoat. And I mean. Getting cheered when you're coming off the pitch, although it's 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 wrong and we shouldn't be doing it. Like it says a lot about where he's at in his Newcastle career. Like, yeah, people no one no one has any faith in him anymore. Yeah, that's I mean that, that that's a real shame because he he was massively influential last season. It's just it's just a shame to see a player um, just to see a player kind of lose his I don't know, lose lose that confidence and kind of um, and you know and kind of just have to. Have to go through the motions, and um, and it, it's just it's just a little bit sad. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll move on from Big Mo. And um, what what I what I, again what I picked up on in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes was Richie seemed to be really going for it, and then he just um, he just kind of quieted down after that. Um, what was he was he the, the most impactful player initially, and then was there a kind of an almost like a, an obvious change when we went a goal down in his performance? Yeah, I mean he start he started the game really well. Everything was going for him. Second half, I can't remember him doing much. If I'm honest, he's sort of fizzled out. Um, it's a shame because he is the player that we look to to get things going. It was the same last season if we were struggling. You know, Richie was the one who would make something happen. But as you say, the, 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 all of them look just deprived of confidence and look frustrated as the, what they're doing. Whatever the game plan was last night from Rafa, I'm sure we'll talk about this. I don't really understand what. If there was a game plan, what it was, um, that they just look frustrated that what they're trying isn't working, um, and I think they need to try. We need to. We definitely need to try something else, and it's hard with the limited uh, like resources of players that we've got yeah. to do that. But whatever it is we've been trying to do for the last eight, eight games now since we last won, like just isn't working, and the, and the players obviously don't believe. That what they're trying to get to work either now and Richie's prime example of that because he just stopped run, stopped running around as much stopped trying to make things happen stopped trying to make those passes it was yeah it's just just a shame it, it, it is interesting because I mean I've I've advocated um, the return of Carl Darlow because you know I, I've I've criticised Elliot for not coming off his lane and Darlow's come come back in and he's he's looked um, you know he's, he's looked unfortunately every inch the the championship keeper. Um, I've I've advocated partner in Marino and Shelby from the start. Um, and I, I'd like I'd be interested to, to know what you what you have to say about about those two last night. Did they was there any kind of dynamism offered from Shelby and Marino, or were they relatively quiet as well? Yeah, it was it was quiet from both of them again. Um, I've maintained for a while, and I said this in the preseason pod about Shelby is that. He's, even though he's, he can he can be great on on the ball and he can he can find that Hollywood pass from time to time, he doesn't he doesn't influence games enough. He doesn't uh, you know chip in with enough assists and chip in with enough goals, and he doesn't work hard enough off the ball. He sort of 
he's just he's just waiting for someone to give him the ball sort of in the centre of the pitch. You don't see him sort of busting a gut getting around the pitch, being like your typical box to box midfielder, a bit like unfair to compare him, but like like someone like Stephen Gerrard, like or even you know Gareth Barry, Darren Fletcher. You can see them moving around the pitch, trying to trying to get themselves in positions. Whereas Shelby is just like a little canter over here, a little canter over there. Hopefully, someone gives me the ball so I can try and pick out a worldly pass. Like, and I don't think we're in a situation where we can afford to have someone who's not going to work. I think um, I think the other thing with Shelby as well is obviously last night, last night sending off, that's, I mean, I, my, my instinct is that that's going to burn any kind of bridges that may, may have already been like left between him and, him and Rafa. I mean, this is a second sending off of the season. It's, a, it's going to be an automatic three-game ban, is that right? Um, so he's going to be missing for Arsenal, West Ham and um, Brighton after that, I think. Um it's. It, I think it's going to be tough for him to to rebuild or regain um, any any of Rafa's trust. Um, what 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 do you think? What do you think? And and what and was the sending off completely justified in your eyes? So I'm going to have to be totally honest with you, Norm. I missed the sending off. Oh. <laughs> I realise Don Mickey told us. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean. in January like he's, he's going he's gonna to have to play a part because he's on his day he's still our best centre midfielder because um, he he does occasionally pick out that worldly pass that leads to something um, so Rafa can't afford to write him off I mean it's not, without, not outside the realms of poss- the possibility that like he might do because he's done it to Colback, he's done it to Mitrovic um, he did it to Tim Krull so he's got previous of just writing players off but we're not in a situation where he can do that with Shelby, and if he does, that be just a colossal mistake on his part. Um, I, I agreed. I mean, I, I, as I say, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he will just because um, yeah, because we are so we are so low on numbers. Um, I mean, the, the fact is that he was on a yellow card and it was a second yellow, so he deserved to go. And um, it, it, it's just a. I think I saw someone on social media put, "If you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, do it when we're one nil up and not one nil down." So you know, you think, well, that, that that's a fair point. Um, Obviously, we're going to go into the Arsenal match, and it's going to have to be, I guess, Marino and um, and Hayden in the middle. Um, how how was Marino last night? I mean, the, the shot that hit the post was was pretty ridiculous. Um, but apart from that, did he have any kind of authority, any mark on the game? Yeah, I mean, there's times when he he picked up the ball and he'd he'd be a man and he'd sort of look for a pass, but it just wasn't. The passes weren't on. The people weren't making runs for him. Um, our movement overall last night was just. Just really, really poor. It was, it was just grim to watch at times because, as you say, people's heads were down. No one was making the runs that Marino needed, so inevitably he ended up giving the ball away quite a few times as well. But he still looks like a good player, and I think in a, in a better side he'd look like an even better player. Yeah, the um, I mean we'll move on. We'll move on to the goal as well. Obviously, that was a it was a absolute clanger from um, from Carl Darlow. Um, how, how do you assess? Let, let's, yep, the mistake. You know, in, in overall, in terms of result, it was catastrophic because it was the let of the goal that won um, Everton the game. Um, his performance overall, how do you rate it? And in, in in the game against Arsenal, would you be, would you prefer to see Elliot in goal? I'd I'd persevere with Darlow because I think he's a better keeper than keeper than Elliot. Um, you know, people make mistakes. I think from. I've not seen the goal back yet, but from where we were in the ground, it just looks like he's parried it straight back out. So he's 
pilot it straight back out into the feet of feet of Rooney. That's what it looked like from our end. That's exactly what that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was, it was soft because he you know he could have got his hands on the ball. Um, but like you say, I mean, mistakes happen. It's just that this one's obviously unfortunately had a massive impact on the game. But then to be fair, you know, within half an hour he did make an absolutely brilliant save to keep the score one and keep us in the game. Um, I'm, I'm, I would still pay zero dollar. Season for large large parts, and I mean he's still relatively young for for a goalkeeper. So these sort of things are going to happen. Um, but it's, you know, it's no secret that Rafa wants a new goalkeeper. It doesn't seem to to like either of them, and that's probably fair enough. But for the time being, I'd persevere with Darlow. And if you're not going to persevere with Darlow, I don't know, is it time just to maybe give Freddie Woodman a shout? I mean, it's a big gamble, but he's obviously extremely highly rated. He's in, in and around the England under twenty one setup, and I mean, you look at someone like Jordan Pickford in goal for. Everton last night, and Sunderland just took a punt on him partly because they had to, and it, you know it worked out in the end. So maybe maybe it's our turn to just give a young goalkeeper a chance. I, I can I can yeah. say, I can see a point there. The only issue that I I suppose I would have with that is that if you look at Everton, um, I mean Sunderland got relegated. Pickford did incredibly well, but the, but I mean they got relegated because they had an absolutely shocking outfield side. But um, Everton, what they have, and you probably saw it last night, was they've got players on the pitch who've got a lot of Premier League experience. And uh, you know players in the in the late twenties, um, you know players like Sigurdsson who played loads of games, Rooney, Ashley Williams, and we're we're really lacking that at the moment. So I suppose my only concern, Woodman clearly has the ability because his performances for the England youth teams have been spectacular. The only concern I guess I would have is that um, he doesn't have anyone in front of him who was who was it was like a leader or really experienced. I mean, actually, the total of leaders, Lascelles, Lascelles back last night was. Did, I mean, what, did he make? Did he make a difference? You think, in terms of you know, you were, you were talking about nobody kind of shouting uh, around the pitch um, earlier on. What was was Lascelles? Could you see him being vocal? Was was the back the back line more organised? Because I did look at a statistic before, and um, I think this season I don't think there's been a game we've conceded two goals in whilst Lascelles has played. I don't know if you had any if you had any positive impact last night. Um, yeah, I would say so. I think he he's obviously. He's clearly the only one at times who tries to tries to sort of organise anything. Enough defensively, we looked all right. So I don't really remember them apart from the goal troubling troubling us too much. Um, although obviously you know they got their goal pretty early. Maybe it's classic Allardyce just shut up shop and take you one 0 victory away from home, and that's all good. So defensively, I think we looked we looked fine. Um, that's not really where the issue. Issue was for us. It was midfield and attack that we yeah. really, really struggled. So, and I, and I really rate ourselves. I think um, he's just a bit of an old-fashioned centre centre back, isn't he? There's no messing about with him. He just wins the ball and gets rid. Uh, so it was good to see him back. And obviously, he, he has to keep starting. I hope he doesn't do some classic Rafa rotation where you're bringing Kieran Clark and mess around with it. I can't. I can't see him. I can't see him dropping the cells. No, I think. Um, I think one thing that's that's been obvious during the period that he was out was just how vital he is to the team. I mean, you look at the you look at the goals that we've shipped with him out of the side, and 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 the reality is, despite Kieran Clark having the captaincy, and I know that he's captain Nyland before as well. I think I think that Lascelles is the only natural leader that we've got in the squad. Um, so he, he's just if I'm for me, he's he's like a he's, he's an absolute pick. He has to be in the team every every time he's available, um, and. I suppose uh, I can move on to be central uh, central uh, d- 
defensive partner, uh, Lejeune. He's he's been a bit ropey lately. What what did you make of him last night? Was he? You said the defence was solid. Was he? Was he pretty solid? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was fine. Um, as you say, he's had a few few ropey ropey performances of late, but this was definitely an improved. But Arsenal will be a, a proper test because, as I say, I don't think apart from the goal, Everton didn't really test us too much. Um, I say Arsenal, Everton didn't test us too much, so. Difficult, difficult to judge. I think he still. I don't think we'll see the best of Lejeune until probably next season. Um, if I'm honest, because you know we've seen in the past with defenders who come in from abroad, it usually takes them about a year to adjust to life in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I agree completely. I mean, I've seen. Um, obviously, there've been some ne- negative comments again at social media. So you're you're looking at you're looking at the percentage game. You know, it cannot be massively representative of uh, the whole fan base, but. I've seen quite a few criticisms of Lejeune, and he, ha- and he has been he has been poor lately. But at the same time, like you say, it's his first season in a in a new league, and he has shown flashes of, of ability. So yeah, we may we may hopefully reap those benefits uh, next season, um, and we'll still be in the Premier League, obviously. Um, but I suppose I'm optimistic after last night's uh, Well, uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to remain optimistic because, like, I mean, let's look at let's look at the say the the, the Bournemouth, Leicester, and last night's games. To have zero points from those three games now, would you would you say that's kind of uh, you know fair enough? That's what we, we've got zero points because we've deserved zero points. Do you think we've been that bad in those three games that we we should have come away with nothing, or do you think we've just we just haven't had much luck? I mean, I'm talking fine margins. You know, you look at uh, last night we hit the woodwork twice. You look at um, the uh, the game against Leicester, um, you know, one up and Schmeichel pulls off a great save from Murphy two 0 You know, a completely different game. Um, I mean, there's the argument. Now you make your own luck, but um, I, I don't think that a zero point return from those three games reflects how how we particularly played. What, what would you What would you say to that? I think you, you make your own luck, and you you get what you deserve in this league. I think you've got to take these chances inevitably because teams will punish you. And the simple fact of the matter is, we aren't at the moment. We're just. We're not picking up points. We're slipping closer and closer in the relegation zone, um, and I don't see where we're going to pick up points over this over the next few weeks. I mean, Arsenal, you'd say, is so unlikely we'll pick up anything there. We've got City at home, but we're probably not going to pick up anything. West Ham away, you'd say, who knows which West Ham side is going to turn up? Maybe there's a chance there, but we've really got to pick up three points against them. Because uh, that is already a relegation six pointer, and then Brighton at home, we've got to get something there. But after that, I think we've got another tough run of games coming up, and it's just difficult to see where we're going to pick up. Well, it's Man, Man, Man City at home, and given the way they're playing at the moment, I mean, I can't see, I can't see anyone getting a point off them. Um, Stoke City away, keeping the score below four 0 would be a success. A moral, a moral victory, as they call it. Um, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like last night. Let's let's move on to Everton quickly. Um, you know that. I, I mean, I, I, I hate Allardyce. Um, you know, I hate how the media treat him. I mean, him himself, his mouth thrown. He's, he's just not a particularly pleasant person. Um, but I suppose last night, you know, that they didn't create much. They create that they scored. They didn't create much. But ultimately, do you think that they were comfortable in that one 0 win? And I mean, I suppose what I'm saying is, is that even if, even if we managed to to equalise. Do you think that they could have kicked up another gear, or or did you just see a typical analyst say they weren't even going to let us have that chance? Uh, who 
suppose if we've got the equaliser, it could be a totally different game. But I, I said to said to Mick just before they um, the scored, I was like, these guys are looking too comfortable on the ball here. They sort of felt like that they could step it up and just score when when they felt like it, and that's what happened immediately after. They just played some really decent football up for the goal, and then. Uh, that was it and then as I say they just they it's typical Allardyce isn't it he can just shut up shop he'll take his 1-0 win and you know off the go yeah. um, I thought the way he had them set up just watching them play like every every second pass they played was forwards which was something that we would we just don't do we just we, we knock it sideways we sort of take it a little bit further forward and, and then go backwards and it was sort of you know, it was almost a masterclass by Allardyce of how you get a team out of trouble. The way they played, um, they were brilliantly organised. As I said at the start, you know, you could always see their their formation on the pitch. It was so clear. I mean, when they didn't have the ball, they had five at the back. When <clears throat> when they didn't, they were getting their the wing backs forward to attack. You know, it was it was just it was it was really well organised and you know, I hate Allardyce as well but <laughs> he's, he's turned them round in a really short period of time well I'll tell you what I'm going to and you know what fair play fair play to Val they're doing at the moment but what I will say is is that you know you compare we have to compare that, that squad that Allardyce has inherited compared to, to our squad I mean you know they've got some real proven premiership talent in that squad and I think you know you give yeah, you know, you, you give us even like you know, even give us like someone like Sigurdsson to put in the middle of the pitch, and I think you'd see a huge, a huge difference. Um, so I, Allardyce will inevitably keep them up, and you get all the plaudits again. But ultimately, that squad is, you know, that is at least a, I would say at least a top ten squad. So um, yeah, faint praise for Allardyce, but but nah, I don't want to praise him. wasn't <laughs> well, it had nothing, it had nothing to do with him. It was just out the Everton players. It's as simple as that. Um, I so um, <coughs> so well. Uh, We'll move on then. Let, let's start thinking about this this game against Arsenal this weekend. I mean, um, I hate um, I hate predicting defeats, and I don't think I predicted one all season. So I'm not going to. I'm just um, I'm just not going to make a prediction. Um, what uh, what would you like to see this weekend in terms of in terms of setup and, and line up? Any anything that you would you would change from last night? Any are anyone that you would bring in? Any kind of formation changes that you you would anticipate or that you would like to see? Um, so I mean, I think Diame has got to drop out. I'd probably go with Hosselu and Gale if he's going to stick with this four-two-three-one type system. Um, I, you know, I said I'd, I'd quite like to see Aaron start. Maybe not this game because I think we're going to be under pressure a lot. So uh, I'd, I'd stick with pretty much the team we played yesterday. I'd just get rid of Diame. Yeah. Uh, maybe bring in Bemba in for Mankilo. Interestingly, interestingly, in Bemba, I don't think he was on the bench yesterday. Yeah? No, I don't think he was either. Just, I still think he's our be- like our best defender. I think he's a quality defender. Yeah. But Rafa just doesn't seem to fancy him for whatever reason. But um, I'd maybe bring him in for for Mankilo just because we are going to be under a lot of pressure at the weekend. And yeah, he's he's a better defender. I mean, and I suppose you'd imagine that um, that Hayden Hayden will come in for Shelby. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be, his, it'll be his ex-club as well. It'll be his ex-club, you know what? And Hayden might go and bag a brace. I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens when you go to ex-club, you've got a point to prove. I reckon, I reckon we'd say Hayden's going to get two, we'll win two-one. Why not? Eh? I mean, I'm there. I'm there. I'm, I'm planning. I'm just going to get absolutely blind drunk beforehand, so I might even just try and convince myself that we've won two-one beforehand. We'll see how that goes. Could always work. Well, you know, we've always got a chance, but I think 
I'd be very surprised if we come away with anything. Um, I'm gonna. I'll predict a draw. Joe, that's that. That'd be fantastic. I mean, I watched. I watched a bit of Arsenal last night against West Ham, and um, West Ham have really got the like, the kind of wind up their tails at the moment. Obviously, they beat Chelsea at the weekend, and they were they were unlucky last night. Arsenal did their usual thing; they had an absolutely ridiculous amount of um, possession, but they didn't really offer much of a cutting edge, which is you know, which is incredible given the talent that they've got. Um, they played Giroud last night, but I think they'll bring Lacazette back, and I think I'd be happier with. Um, I think I'd be happier with um, Lascelles and um, yeah, know that up against uh, Giroud as I would against Lacazette. So that'll, I think that'll that'll make it tough. But um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, I suppose the the most important thing is is that we we all know that the that the squad's got limitations. That it, that it's it's thin in numbers, um, and Rafa can only work with with what he has. And I think um, the the most important thing is that it's just it's just to keep to keep back and back in the side and to stay. To stay positive, that's what that's what I'm going to do. I mean, um, it probably won't make any difference at all. But at the same time, I, I've got to look at the. I suppose you've got to look at the bigger picture and just think. Well, with this squad of players, what what else can we expect at the minute? You know, I don't know what your what your what your feelings are going forward. So, uh, the squad has limitations, but there's also I've I feel like there is possibly a good side in there. It just what we're doing at the minute just isn't working and I don't know better than Rafa maybe this is the way you know the only way he feels like we can play but there's there's got to be more more to this there's got to be ways we can get more out of these players and maybe you know sticking to such a rigid 4-2-3-1 isn't the solution maybe why don't we obviously we can't do it now because Shelby's got himself into trouble again but pack the midfield play three central midfielders so stick Hayden, Marino and Shelby and all in at the same time and just forget about playing this number 10 position that just isn't working for us this season um, you know it, it's got limits but if you look at I know you'll say Everton's got more quality but take Burnley for example they, they don't have more quality than us but they're sitting fourth in the league or whatever it is at the minute so there's there's got to be ways that we can get more out of the players we've got because we we must have better players than Burnley. I don't even know who half of their players are, but that yet yeah, Sean Dyche has got them set up in a way where they're winning games. They're not doing it in particularly spectacular fashion most of the time, but they're winning games. We aren't, so yeah, I think there, there has to be a way that we can get our players to produce more. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, that, that's a, that's a good comparison with Burnley. I mean, again, I suppose the only thing I would offer in counter to that is that they do have. Yeah, we might not hear of the players, but they are, they are players that have been together for quite a few years, and they do have they do have that that Premier League experience. And obviously, they're on a, a massive role in terms of confidence at the moment as well. Um, I think that I think that we just need to get get that win and get the the lift. The, the players need to have that lift because um, I've said this for the past couple of games, um, and particularly after the Leicester match. The, that lack of confidence was palpable. You, you could see it in the players, you know. Um, and I think, I think at the minute, I mean, I suppose uh, I would say Rafa's tearing his hair out. Obviously, that would be a bit difficult. But he's probably um, he's, he's trying. He's trying everything he can. And I think the big issue for me is that it's just that lack of confidence, that lack of self belief, because we haven't we haven't got that winning. Um, so I'm I'm just hopeful that once we do get a win, and we will get a win, that it's gonna it's gonna make a massive a massive change. Now the win might come against Arsenal. Um, it may come against West Ham at Mighton, but it will come, and, and hopefully it'll come in the next few weeks. And then, if that money's made, made available in January, then you know what? It could change things completely. We could still come out at the end of January with sort of 23 points, which would be, in my opinion, would be a good position to be in. Um, but we shall, we shall see, mate. Um, are you going to Arsenal on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to Arsenal on Saturday. Um, I'm 
No, no, I'm not going to Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I'm saving all my London trips for next year. Oh yeah, mate. There'll be there'll be well there'll be plenty of those because we'll still be in the Premier League. So you know we'll have Palace, Arsenal, West Ham, all all of those, and uh, I will um we'll save a course. So I think we can, I think we can leave it there, mate. I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to add before we before we stop. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, cheers, Andy, cool. and um. I'm feeling much more positive than I was when I first woke up this morning, Norman. So exactly, that's the thing. You, when, if you record, you record people's opinions directly after the match. If we've won, it's like we're the best team in the league. And if we've lost, like the whole world's coming crashing down. But 12, 12 hours reflection, and things seem a, things seem a lot better than they did. Um, thanks, thanks, Andy. Right, no worries. Um, before I go, I'd just like to put out another plug for the True Faith fanzine again. Sixty pages of all things NUFC. Get yourself on it. Get it downloaded and get get it read. And I will speak to you all after the Arsenal game. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com